Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning. Good to be with you this morning. You are going to need your Bibles this morning or your smartphones or whatever you've got um, because I don't have the scriptures on the slides and we're going to be looking at um, several passages of scripture starting with Isaiah 35. So you can go ahead and turn there right now. Um, uh, what I want to do this morning is uh, just do just a real quick review right here at the beginning, and then I want to speak to you about joy as a destination and how hope is our companion on that journey to joy. So we've been hearing a lot over these last couple of, of weeks about joy as a characteristic of the Christian life, and um, Pastor Kyle introduced um, us to this, this series, and I, I, I wrote it down. It was, it's, a great, it's a great summary. Joy is an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. I'm going to just keep pointing out some things while we go along. Notice the word is hope there. We have hope in God's promises we have this foundation upon which our whole life is based that creates this hope, and that hope results in having a joyful attitude. Um, the next one is um, John Wesley is the founder of Methodism. I guess he's the great-grandfather of free Methodism. And um, so much of our theology and, and the, 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 the spirituality in which we do things in the Free Methodist Church is based upon uh, his teachings and, 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 um, and his life. And he said this. He was talking about um, the context of this, of this quote is that Methodism is brand new. He's been kicked out of Anglican Church after Anglican Church after Anglican Church. Like nobody wants him to preach anymore because he's preaching the gospel and the Anglican Church is just dead and so he comes in and he talks about Jesus and joy and the hope of the resurrection, and they just don't want it. So I've been listening to his journal, and he, he's like, it's just really funny. I preached today at this place, and I was not invited back. Um, I preached at this place, and I was told I was no longer welcome, like over and over again. So then he went to the fields. He took it to the fields. And so there's this question of, well, what makes a Methodist? And he, start, he starts off and he says, well, it's not, it's, we don't have any different doctrine than the Anglicans. And we don't have any different, really any different practices than those of you that go to church. But this is what makes you a Methodist. A Methodist is one who has the love of God shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Ghost given unto him. One who loves the Lord his God with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his mind and with all his strength. God is the joy of his heart and the desire of his soul, which is constantly crying out, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee, my God and my all. Thou art the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's really cool. That's really cool. Now, over these last weeks, um, there's been great messages. Boy, Pastor... Mark's message last week was great about don't, don't stop with a new relationship with Jesus. Keep going into a, a joyful experience in your Christian walk. Like that's, that's fantastic. 
And then this whole idea that joy is a characteristic of the Christian life. But for some of us, this is really hard. Some of us are beaten, broken. We've got family problems. We've got health problems. We've got relationship problems. Some of us are struggling with mental illness. And, and, and some of us might be tempted to examine. It's always good to examine your life. But I'm speaking for Pastor Kyle here. But nobody wants you to feel shame because you don't think you've got the joy of the Lord. And, and what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about how joy is a destination for those of us who are struggling with life. Joy is a destination. It's not just a characteristic. And, and I want to offer hope and encouragement to us today who are struggling with joy. And I, and I also think that hope and Hope is our companion on this journey. Hope is our companion on this journey. Now, um, I just want to give an illustration of this. Two weeks ago, my wife and I climbed Mount Dickerman. Has anybody hiked Mount Dickerman? It's a tough one. Um, you start going up. You get there as early as you can. You start going up, and it's dark. And you go up for a half an hour of switchbacks, and you think, oh, this is kind of challenging. Then another half an hour of switchbacks, switchbacks and you're thinking, is this fun? <laughs> like, another half an hour, like, really? Is, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Two hours of switchbacks. And you're going up, 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 up. And it all, unfortunately, looks the same. It's like, didn't I just go around this corner? Um, but then you hit the wildflowers. And then you break out into an alpine meadow and the Von Trapp family singers are there. <laughs> and they're singing and dancing. No, no, that's a, different, that's a different place. And you start seeing the mountain peaks. And you know what? The hope of knowing that I'm going to see those incredible wildflowers, and, and then the hope of knowing that when I get to the very end, I was dog-tired. My legs ached for a couple days. But at the very end, sitting on that ledge, and I could see Mount Baker, I could see Mount Rainier, I could see mountain upon mountain upon mountain, the glory of God, just this incredible scene around me. That hope of knowing what was ahead of me kept me going. And, and it took me to a place through the hardship, through the suffering, through the, the darkness. You get, I'm just giving you a metaphor here. We, some of us are in the really bad, dark places. But God wants to lead us to places of joy. Now, this isn't Dickerman, um, but this was a trip that my wife and I just took in Switzerland. And... Um, we walked and walked and walked to get to this place. And the glory of being in this place was worth the challenge of the journey. Now, look at Isaiah 35. Now, remember, I think we have to remember that much of the scriptures are written to people who are beat up, discouraged, they've been taken into exile, they've been defeated in wars, they are suffering incredibly suffering. And the words of Scripture 
are, are so many of the words of Scripture and the ones we're looking at this morning are meant to encourage us and give us a different view and, and help us to be on this journey through the suffering. Jesus joins us through the suffering and takes us to this destination, to this place of joy. So here is Isaiah 35. And just think about this in the context of, oh man, we're a, maybe, maybe I don't need to even have you pretend. Maybe you're in this place. A place of being torn down and discouraged and suffering. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Now, let me just stop there for a minute. God is coming to save us. The word redeemer means kinsman warrior. This is our brother who comes with all the weapons of war to defeat our enemies and to save us. That's what a redeemer is. And when we are the redeemed, it means we've been rescued. We've been rescued from the hands of our enemies. God will come with vengeance. He is going to punish the wrongdoers. He's going to punish the ones who kill, the ones who traffic children. He's going to come and rescue us from those who oppress us. Verse 5, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the mute's tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay. Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and, sor- and sorrow and sighing will flee away. It helps to know where we're going, and this is where we're going. A place of abundance. A place where there's no room for fear. A place where we are protected, where we are well, where there's plenty of water and plenty of food, and there are no lions an everlasting joy crowning our heads. This is our destiny. This is where we are going. Gladness and joy will overtake us. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. I hope you're encouraged by that. Um, My very first uh, missions trip was to Cambodia. And... um, Pastor Eric Spangler is here. Eric, just wave at everybody. Yeah. Um, Eric is the Asia Area Director 
And um, so he knows these people, he knows these stories. If you've got any hard, difficult questions after today, just ask Eric. Um, my very first missions trip was to Cambodia. I think it was in 1998 or 19, I don't remember when it was, 1999. And um, I spent two weeks teaching, of all things, the book of Revelation in a very small village in Cambodia. And I met these two people. That's Kunti on the right and Sopeep on the left. And um, um, just had this really powerful, transformative experience. And then my, our whole family moved to Thailand um, as missionaries for seven years. I've been to Cambodia a num- many, many times. And so Peep was the cook for all of us when we were teaching these classes. So I was staying in the mission house. I was playing with the kids, International Child Care Ministry kids by day and, and night and teaching this, the book of Revelation. And so Peep was cooking all the meals. And so Peep has this, this um, ability to laugh while she speaks. She just has this giggly speaking. Just this bubble. You can kind of see it on her face. She just kind of has this bubbly joy. And Kunti is this very gentle, wise man who really is the father of all the pastors now in Cambodia. And, and he was one of the very first pastors. I would call him kind of the lead pastor of Cambodia. I went back another time, and, um, and I was with the, the missionary there, the Filipino missionary, and I was talking about how, you know, like, I love So Peep's cooking, you know, she's just this great cook. And she said, you know how she learned to cook? I said, no. Well, the Khmer Rouge taught her. So when the Vietnam War destabilized that whole area, the Khmer Rouge ro- rose up in Cambodia and they, they, um, they practiced auto-genocide. They killed two million of their own people. They were an extreme communist organization that wanted to take everybody to year zero. So anybody with education, anybody that wore glasses, anybody with money was killed. And so Peep was a young woman when the Khmer Rouge had taken over. So there's this incredible fighting going on, this incredible upheaval. And um, she was working in the fields, and they brought her in, and they taught her how to cook in the kitchen. And then they thought, hey, we're running out of soldiers. We need more soldiers. So they got all the men that they could in this village. They lined the men up on one wall. They lined up the young women on the other wall. And they said, when we blow the whistle, you've got 10 seconds to find your spouse. They blew the whistle. So Peep and Kunti found each other, got married. They came to the Lord, and now joy is a characteristic of their lives. When you're with them, there's this incredible joy. It's hard. Man, it's hard in Cambodia. It is, there's sickness, there's pestilence, the government is not friendly. It is not easy in any way. And yet, when you're with Kunti and Sopeep, they're just laughing. There's just this joy that bubbles up out of their lives. And it's because it's built upon this foundation of hope and who God is. I remember walking back from something with Kunti, and the monsoon floods, the monsoon rains came, and we were walking through waist-high water through the streets, and I just remember him laughing. We couldn't really talk to each other because he knows very little English and I know no Cambodian. But we, he just laughed. 
We were just walking along. He was just laughing at the water. When I think of them, I think of the psalm, Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I'm silenced? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. And the very end of Psalm 33 says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Hope and joy connected together. This hope that is a foundation of who we know God is. God is, a, God is our rock God is the foundation. Jesus is the redeemer. And we, we put our hope in that, and that leads us to places of joy. I want to give you another story, and I, I'm not going to tell you names, and I'm not going to show you faces, because this is online. And this is in a country you might already be able to tell by the picture, but it's a creative access country where they imprison Christians, they harass Christians. They beat Christians. Again, I was in Thailand. It was like maybe four or five years ago. I can't remember when it was. And I was at this, um, this, this big conference. And uh, I don't remember why, but we were getting on a bus. And I got on this bus. And I sat down. And I looked behind me. And there were these four young, fresh faces that I didn't recognize. And um, they were from, from this country. Um, and so I just, I had time. We weren't leaving quite yet. And I just started to talk to them. And I, I, I didn't know how, how good their English was. Their English was very good. And I just started going one by one. You know, like, what's your name? And, you know, where are you from? And, and then I asked, how did, you, how did you come to know the Lord? And the first three were very similar to what we would find in the U.S., I think. Um, you know, I'm the daughter of a pastor, um, I, you know, I grew up in the church, whatever. Then I got to the last one. And the last one said, oh, I became a Christian because these girls invited me to church. And it was a home church. And it was at Christmas. And I went, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know anything about Christianity. And we were in church and, um, and on Christmas Eve, and the police came in and arrested and took away all the men. And the women all got together and with hope and with peace prayed. And I wanted that. 
I wanted that hope. I wanted that peace. And she gave her life to Jesus. And now she's serving the Lord. And, you know, I was thinking about this message, and I was, you know, thinking, well, Kyle was in Philippians. I've got to find some passage in Philippians to use, right? Um, and when I looked at this, I thought of this young woman immediately. In, uh, in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, rejoice in the Lord always. That's pretty tough. When the police come in and arrest all the men and take them away to jail, and these women uh, have hope and peace and move into a time of prayer, they're, they're living this. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation when the men come in, when the men are taken away to jail, in every situation when you're caught in monsoonal floods, in every situation when the government is coming in and oppressing you, when the technology doesn't work, even when we have accidents and we get bad diagnoses with our health and we're disappointed with some things and our kids aren't following the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It is completely nonsensical to have peace at times. It makes no logical sense. But God doesn't make logical sense. You know, the wilderness rejoices and breaks into singing. People who are wounded get healed. Those who are lost get found. Those who deserve to spend an eternity in hell are saved and redeemed. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It was really encouraging for me to hear her story, and I've not forgotten it. Um... And I think that's a great lesson for us that um, sometimes people aren't attracted to Christianity because of truths, as important as they are, uh, or beliefs, but by the testimony and the witness of people who are a people of peace and a people of hope and a people of joy in the midst of chaos and destruction. Um, so it's exciting to be part of this. It's exciting to be... Uh, in ministry, to be living a life of adventure with God where you don't know who you're going to meet, where you don't know what's going to happen. And I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's encouraging to you. Um, I've got one more, one more thing to just say, and that is that we have an opportunity to spread joy to others. It's not just for us. It's for others as well. And um, I'm the founder and the director of the Set Free Movement, I'm going to come back and preach to you in October about it and talk some more about Cambodia in particular. 
And our work is to help set captives free and to help bring hope and healing to the broken. And one of the things that we love to do is to see God break through and set captives free and have that be a result of joy. Our leader in India, again, I can't tell you his name or show you his face, but he has a relationship with the Indian government, which also is not favorable to Christianity. And he goes and he repatriates trafficked children and youth back to um, Mumbai or to a safe place. And he was asked to do something really difficult. He was asked to, to transport this young man from India back to Nepal because he had been trafficked from Nepal into India. And I love this picture because this is why we do what we do in the Set Free Movement. There's his mother and the happiness on her face. It's like, yeah. Yeah, this is like this is what it's all about right here. Is helping to see captives set free, the wounded healed, and and God breaking through in powerful ways. Um, just want this to be an encouragement to you. Now, I had a quote from John Wesley at the beginning, and so I thought I needed a quote about from Charles Wesley at the end because I don't want them to be jealous of each other. And we could have sung the song. It's a Christmas song. But um, again, there's this theme that runs through of hope and joy together. Joy is our destination. Joy is where we're going. And hope is our companion. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation Hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every, every nation. Right? That's how you should be saying it. Joy of every longing heart. So if you're longing for joy this morning, there is hope. And Jesus can take you to that place of joy. Let's pray.